So at the first Mass today at the 8 a.m., I was listening to the Gospel from the deacon being read, and I don't know if this happened to you, but he was reading the Gospel, and the king calls, you know, come to the feast, and all I could think of was, come to the feast of heaven and earth, and you're like, Okay, stop. <laughs> and I was like, man, that really was a bad song. And I thought to myself, I wonder if, you know, they had a verse, if the writer of that song had a verse at the end of, and if you don't have a wedding garment, you'll be thrown into the outer darkness <laughs> where there is wind. And that wasn't as popular at Sunday Mass. So today, uh, a couple of things we want to do. Um, today we're going to, this is that time of year, once a year we do talk about tithing. We're going to do that, but it's going to be very, very small. Because I think our gospel today just says everything that we need to know as Christians. And it leads to the way that we live our faith. And that's more important. So last night I was with the companions as I am every Saturday night. And if you remember Father Mike Rapp, what he does every Saturday night, it, Mike's brilliant and he'll ask questions of me about the scriptures. And he, you know, is absolutely brilliant. He speaks all the biblical languages. And he usually asks me questions where I'm like, come on. That's an extremely dense question. I have no idea. Last night he was like, okay, Larkin. What's the wedding garment? And he said, this is right up your alley. What, what is the wedding garment? Matthew 22. It was a great question. And so we all kind of were talking about it a little bit, and I had my standard answer on that question. I think it's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> But in Matthew 22, we should all wonder, right? There's this wedding garment, and we have this normal parable. Jesus does this where he tells parables. They seem to follow familiar lines for first century Jews. And then all of a sudden, it's like we're in fantasy land, and something weird happens. And that happens in today's parable. Everything seems kind of like a story that a first century Jew might tell. And then at the end... There's a guy without a wedding garment who's cast into the outer darkness. So what's the wedding garment? And so my standard answer on this, and I think it's, it's a good answer, is if you read Colossians chapters 2 and 3, St. Paul, when he talks about baptism, he uses a metaphor of your garments. And so Paul says that when you were baptized, and if you haven't been baptized, this is really important. We're gonna, there's a baptism after the Mass today that Deacon Michael's going to do. Baptism is massively important. Because the day that you're baptized, you are mystically united to the death of Jesus Christ. And you gain the promise of being united with him in his resurrection. And in Colossians 3, St. Paul says... Therefore, cast off the garments of your former life. 
hatred and selfishness and envy and pride and lust and jealousy, cast them all off. And in the ancient world, when you were baptized, most people were adults. And so you stripped off all of your clothing. Aren't you glad you don't have to do that now? And you went naked into the baptismal font, and that was a symbol that you left your former life behind. You were baptized, you died in the waters with Christ, you came out the other side, and you were clothed in white. And that garment symbolizes your new life in Christ. And so Paul plays on this in Colossians chapter 3. And so I told Father Mike last night, I said, well, you know, I think a really good answer is your baptismal garment. And I think that's true. But there's even a better one. And I said, you know, Revelation chapter 19. I know you were saying the same thing. You were sitting there going, yeah, that's true, Father Brian, but, you know, Revelation 19. Revelation 19, we're told that there is a wedding feast. The wedding feast of heaven. And all of the great multitude of the saved are in heaven, and they say this. They say, Hallelujah, for the Lord our God, the Almighty, reigns. Let us rejoice and exalt and give him glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. It was granted her to be clothed with fine linen, bright and pure. So right here we have something that sounds just like our gospel today. There's a wedding feast, and there's a bride who has garments that are bright and pure. And the next line says, The fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. So that's what I told the, the priest last night. I was like, well, I think both answers have something to this. It's our baptismal garment, but it's also the righteous deeds that we live out as Christians. That's the wedding garment. But last night I was going to bed and I was like, I was not feeling it. I'm like, my, my homily tomorrow is going to be terrible. And it is, so buckle up. Um, <laughs> no, so I, I went to bed and I, was just, I wasn't there yet. So I got up early this morning and I was like, I need to do some more prayer and study on today's gospel. And so I got up early, and I started studying and praying about it. And St. Augustine convinced me that I was wrong. He got me once. He's usually wrong. I'm usually like, Augustine, what do you know? <laughs> but today he, today he really convinced me. And this is powerful. And brothers and sisters, I want you to open your hearts. Augustine today, he has a sermon recorded on today's gospel. It's super powerful. And he asks that question. He says, shouldn't all of us as Christians, if we've heard this, this parable from Jesus, shouldn't we be anxious to know, Lord, what is that wedding garment? What is that thing that if I'm invited into the feast, what's that thing that's going to keep me there? So St. Augustine says this. He says, what is this wedding garment? 
Beyond all doubt, it is the garment only the good wear. The good are the ones who will remain at the wedding feast of Christ. So only the good have this garment, and the wicked do not. What is this wedding garment? Beyond all doubt, it is the garment only the good wear. Those who are to remain at the feast and who are to be saved. For that feast to which none of the bad can come, conducted there by the Lord's grace. These are the ones who possess the wedding garment. Okay, he still hasn't told us what it is. We should all want to know, what is, what is this thing? So Augustine goes on, he says, is it baptism? No doubt, without baptism, no one can come to God. But not everyone who receives baptism does come to God. So Augustine was like, Larkin, you're wrong. And his point is well taken, because in this parable today, God calls everyone, the good and the bad alike, to come. But the wicked are cast out. He says everyone is baptized, everyone's called to be baptized. We all know there are plenty of Catholics who are baptized but do not live good lives. So Augustine says baptism is necessary, but it's not the wedding garment. So further on in the sermon, he quotes 1 Timothy 1.5. He says, here is the nuptial garment. Now the end of the commandment is charity from a pure heart and a good conscience and an unfeigned faith. This is the nuptial garment. So Augustine goes on. I won't read any more of his sermon to you, but Augustine goes on and he says something really simple and unbelievably powerful and profound. Today, I just want to break this open for you. And I want to invite you to open your hearts to this reality. So Augustine says that the wedding garment is charity. And that word has two meanings in our tradition. One of the meanings is love for the poor. It literally, in, in Greek, the word literally can mean almsgiving. But that's not what Augustine means here. Augustine is using that word charity as he usually does. Charity simply means the love of God. We actually love God from our hearts. And that in that love that we love God with, we learn to love others through that love. And it makes so much sense once you think about it. And I want you to, 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 to really pray and think about this today. So St. Augustine in his sermon, he goes on, and he's going to quote 1 Corinthians 13. That passage all of you know. 
So 1 Corinthians 13, St. Paul says this. And his point here is that you can do lots of good things in your life, but they can be hollowed out and they can be missing the inner meaning that they should have. So 1 Corinthians 13, 1, if I speak in tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, the word in Latin that is used there is charity, caritas. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but I have not charity, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver my body to be burned, but have not charity, I gain nothing. And then the part we all know, Love is patient, love is kind, love is not jealous or boastful, love is not arrogant or rude. Um, if you're engaged, don't pick this for your second reading. It has very little to do with marriage. Uh, and if you did have that at your wedding, may God have mercy on your soul. Um, <laughs> Paul is talking about something a little bit different there. But think about this with me. A phrase, a little axiom in the Catholic tradition that is massively important, massively important for us, is that charity is the form of the virtues. Charity is the form of the virtues, and I want to break that open a little bit. What does that mean? What St. Paul is getting at here in 1 Corinthians 13 what St. Thomas Aquinas loves to talk about with this, what St. Augustine is getting at with his axiom that charity is the form of the virtues means this. It means that for us as Christians, brothers and sisters, every virtue is shaped and formed by the love of God. And so people in our culture today, they will use words for the same virtues that we use, but they are distorted and they have a different shape than they have in Christ. And so think about this. In our culture, people think that if, if someone is an abortionist, that they can have courage as an abortionist. And someone who performs abortions might say, wow, I had tremendous courage today in facing people who are pro-life, and I marched through all these pro-lifers, and I stood up and I had courage, which is a virtue. And so look at how great my virtue is. Our tradition says it is impossible for a virtue to perform evil. Impossible. A virtue can only serve what is good. 
And what you and I know is good is shaped and defined by Him. Charity is the form of all the virtues. You can imagine someone who is a drug dealer might think that he's really generous because he shares heroin with other people. But our tradition says that's a lie. And it says you cannot be generous with evil. It's a distortion. It's a counterfeit. Charity is the form of all the virtues. And what Aquinas and Augustine are getting at with this, brothers and sisters, is that if you love God, the way you live your entire life will be shaped, molded, and formed by the love of God. The way that you are courageous, the way that you are just, the way you are merciful, the way that you are kind, all of those things, people in the secular world, and they have those things sometimes for sure. But for us as Christians, those things are only true insofar as they conform to Jesus. Another theologian I like, a guy named Stanley Hauerwas, he has a sermon about this. And he says this, he says, it is the story of Christ that determines our knowledge of truth, honor, justice, and purity. What is truth? Hauerwas says, truth is known in the silence that refuses to accept Rome's power in the person of Pilate. Do you want to know what truth actually looks like? It's not an abstract theory. You know what truth is? Truth is when Jesus stood up to the Roman Empire. That's truth. Honor. Honor is revealed in the humiliation of the cross. The world around us, right, tells us honor is something that happens with our government officials or different people in different fields. Fine. For us, that is honor. Justice is found in the refusal to abandon the least of these. Purity is manifest in the joy of Christ's resurrection, making it possible for us to have singleness of heart. Charity is the form of the virtues. And so I have a a very simple appeal for you today. What it means to be a Christian is that you love God. That's what it means. And I'm so glad you're here at Mass on Sunday. That's necessary. But if you go to Mass on Sundays, but you don't love God, you are not a Christian. What defines us as men and women who belong to God is who we give our hearts to. So one last story today. There's a, um, the priest who's the head of the seminary now, Father uh, Donald Leonard, 
he has one line that I love to steal from him. And he used to tell this story back when I was in seminary, and I remember. And he would say, if he's, he's, he's from Ireland, and he would tell the story of an Irish priest. Can you imagine an Irish priest one day? And all he likes to ever preach about is confession. And so, like, every sermon, he's like, I've got to talk about confession. And one Sunday, all the readings are about St. Joseph, and it's all pointing to St. Joseph. And he's thinking, well, how am I going to talk about confession? He's like, this is it's bothering him. He's try, trying to figure that out. So he's praying, and he thinks, you know, Joseph is the one who taught Jesus how to be a carpenter. I wonder what Joseph taught Jesus to make as a carpenter. And he's like, I've got it. A confessional. <laughs> now let's talk about confession. <laughs> and he would force his homily into that. I just tell that story because today we were supposed to, I'm supposed to talk about tithing. <laughs> right? Do you like how I did that? <laughs> but I don't really have to, I don't think. Because if you understand today's parable, and if you understand that concept of charity is the form of the Christian life, I don't have to tell you what to do. The love of God shapes and forms every aspect of our life. And so I do ask you, we do this every year in October, I would really ask you to prayerfully look at your finances and just ask yourself simply, are my finances formed by my love of God? My finances formed by charity. If they're not, fix it. And it's not just finances, it's every area of our life. It's what movies we watch, it's who we hang out with, it's how we spend our Friday nights. Charity is that form of the virtues. Jesus. Lord, may we May we let go of our earthly loves. May there be space in our hearts. Jesus, may we love you with all our heart, our mind, our soul, and our strength. And Jesus, may we keep our wedding garment. Let us now stand and profess our faith.